solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talk and news podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Happy to be back with you guys to discuss some Houston Texans football. But before we get to it, I want to let you know about Locked On Fantasy Football, where winning your league starts with the data right now. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy teams never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Podcast. I don't do this show by myself. I do it with the greatest co-host in the city of Houston, Cody Davis. Welcome in today's show, man. And what do we have on the rundown for today? We're actually going to continue our training camp previews. On Friday, we talked about the tight end crew. On yesterday, we talked about the running back group. And today, we're going to take a look at the wide receiver group, just recapping the wide receivers offseason and whether or not this is going to be a successful core heading into the 2021 season. And then John and I are going to close out the show with a little bit of wishful thinking because Deshaun Watson over the last couple couple of days has been a little bit more active on social media we all know everything that's going on behind closed door with Deshaun Watson both on and off the field however looking at some of his most recent likes maybe just maybe there might be a slim chance that he might return to the Texans who knows but Deshaun Watson still nine times out of ten is not going to be part of the Houston Texans moving forward however Lovey Smith will be and if you guys had not had the opportunity to listen to yesterday's show please be sure to go check it out because on yesterday John and I discussed whether or not there should be some type of reasons to doubt if Lovey Smith can help the Houston Texans turn their dreadful defense around in 2021 and the reason for that just to do a really quick recap was his last stop as the head coach at Illinois on a college football level where he went 17 and 39 and the main reason well Part of the main reason why he has such a subpar career as a college coach was due to the subpar defense he put out there on the field for four and a half seasons. A defense that gave up an average of 32 points per game and allowed an average of 435 total yards over that four and a half year span. I actually wanted to continue this conversation and ask whether or not Lovey Smith has the talent he needs in order for his defensive schemes to be successful here in the city of Houston. Because yes, as we mentioned on yesterday, and as we mentioned countless times on Locked On Texans, Lovey Smith is one of the best defensive football minds that this league has ever seen. We know about the work he did with the Chicago Bears. As a matter of fact, he was a defensive coordinator for the St. Louis Rams during the 2001 season, and he took that defense who was one of the worst defensive teams the year prior and had them to at least respectable, which led them to the Super Bowl that same season. But John, when I take a look at what Lovey Smith is working with here in the city of Houston, is it fair to say that Lovey Smith does not have the talent he needs in order to help turn this Texans defense around? Because outside of, of course, Zach Cunningham, who I believe is going to be the 
best defensive player that this team has to offer in 2021 maybe Charles Amini who I'm not too sure if there are players who are going to be able to step up and help Lovey Smith turn this defense around we know about the work he did with the Chicago Bears when he was the head coach but he did have Brian Erlacher who is by far one of the best linebackers in NFL history he also had Tommy Harris and Mark Anderson and after his stint with the Chicago Bears, he was also the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2014 to 2015 or 16, if I'm not mistaken. He had a record of 8-24, and another terrible outing on the defensive side of the ball for a team that gave up 25.5 points. Yes, he's a defensive juggernaut, but can he live up to that title if he does not have the talent he needs in Houston? Nobody's going to get anything done with no talent. Uh, so that's number one. But and that's fair. And that's fair. Whether and, Houston has it. I'm sorry. Go and, ahead. I'm, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but for a guy who is known to be a defensive juggernaut, one of the main things we always hear, one of the main things that we always draw back to every time we did our research on Lovey Smith is the fact that he so-called put his players in a position to succeed. And as a head coach, it's fair to judge him on that aspect if we do not see a turnaround in the Texans' defense next season. Right. right. So I think, you know, to your question of does he have the talent, that question cannot be truly answered or really evaluated until year two of Lovey Smith time in Houston. The immediate answer to the immediate question is I think Houston does – have some talent. This team was ranked in the very bottom of the bottom half last season, right? And I believe that if he's able to improve that defense at least two to three spots, then that's a win for your first year with a lot of uncertainty on this roster and 80 transactions getting made, 40 plus of which came to the roster by your GM, right? So there's new faces coming in, old faces going out. Now, this team is going to need a lot of training camp. This team is going to need a lot of a preseason. Uh, but for Lovey, you know, I have no doubt that he's, like, losing sleep trying to figure out how he's going to approach training camp so he can approach the preseason so he can look at how this roster for him on the defensive side of the ball, this depth chart, is going to pan out. Yes, he has said that he likes to – well, we've, we've praised him that he likes to have his – players in the best position to succeed, so he tries to put him there. And I think he will with this defense. I think this defense may be a little bit more simple to at least start the season, to bring guys along, and and, and then we'll get a full evaluation then. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. Lovey, Lovey, in his last you know year in the league, what we saw out of him in college, he has failed to give us much defensively, uh, but now he's in Houston, and I and I think it's fair to say that Lovey isn't facing pressure. He's not in the hot seat. He's he all he has to do now is come in and improve some of the minor things, so this team defensively can become better. Whether by inch or, or quarter, they just need to become better. I agree with everything that you just said, but. <laughs> you still haven't answered the question. Does Lovey Smith have the talent in order for his defensive scheme to succeed in Houston? Because once again, outside of Cunningham and maybe Aminihu, I'm not too sure if he has the players here. Well, okay, so 
let's not get disrespectful. We just talked about how good we believe Justin Reed can be with some consistency on the other side of the ball. I mean, at the other position, safety position. Uh, so we believe in Justin Reed. We have to say his name. The question now becomes, like, who else can step up for this team defensively, okay? Uh, Shaq Lawson is one of those guys. Got him via trade. Malik Collins, another inside player that can, you know, I believe can contribute to this team defensively, right? I'm also looking to see which one of these new linebackers are going to step up. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Kamu Grugier-Hill, uh, these new faces on this defensive side of the ball, who's going to step up? I think Lovey's in a, in a position where he can afford some bad, but we should really look and see how these players are being utilized this year and how they're going to contribute collectively to the defense. But I do think Houston has a couple of players that in better situations, they'll be able to do more do more uh, good than harm. Let me tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, USC, and MMA, along with boxing. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use promo code locked on. Again, don't forget to use promo code locked on. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, thanks for sticking around. So we discussed the running back group yesterday on yesterday's show, rather. Uh, thanks to the comments of former Jaguar great Maurice Jones Drew. He believes Houston will have the third worst running back unit in the league. I disagree, and I said that yesterday. If you missed yesterday's episode, go check it out. I disagreed. I think Houston's uh, running back field would be better than what people expect because I like Phillip Lindsay. I really do. But it got me curious to continue thinking. We're looking at the running back group, thinking to ourselves how they will play out. Will Mark Ingram will fit? Will he make the roster? Is he is is he too old? You know, Mitchell Rex Burkhead. That was a thought. You also have David Johnson and Philip Lindsay, but I wanted to transition over to the wide receiver group. Okay. And here's why. Ronald Cobb is due a base salary of $8.25 million this year with a $2 million signing bonus. He's 31. Hypothetically speaking, if he was cut now, it would cost Houston $10.25 million compared to $12.5 million pre-June. Those numbers, okay. Compared with just 10 games played, only two games started, is alarming for his age. I also want to look at the rest of the depth chart for Houston. You got Andre Roberts, former Buffalo Bill. He's obviously brought in to be a return specialist, but he's a part of this depth chart. Chris Moore, Dante Moncrief, Chris Conley. These are new faces, and now you have familiar faces like Kiki QT. He posted a career high in the absence of Cobb last season. Posting 400 yards, three TDs, zero drops on catchable passes, and career best yards before uh, catch per reception at 7.4. You also have Isaiah Cola. He's in the mix. Haven't even mentioned rookie Nico Collins. Houston wide receiver group is comparable to the running back group. Uh, just more bodies simply because how can you establish this group that isn't really – 
expected to separate themselves that far from the next person among that group. The number one receiver on this team is Brandon Cooks. Stamp it, lock it in, seal it, sign your name in blood. Afterwards, like I mentioned, Randall Cobb is 31 years old. Had a you know big injury last season. Uh, Andre Roberts, he's not a number two or number three type of receiver. He's a return specialist. Dante Moncrief, I don't believe he's a number two receiver. I don't believe Chris Conley is a number two receiver on this type of team. And I and I definitely don't believe Chris Moore is a number two receiver. Then we also have the questions of Kiki QT. Is he going to be able to have the chance to put it all together consistently from a coaching staff that obviously, you know, wants him around and believes in him? But this wide receiver group is very questionable. And there isn't a player that separates himself from the next guy once you get past number one. And that's, you know, alarming overall because at some point during the season, no matter what I think, this offensive line will provide for this running game, which will allow Houston to be a better running team. At some point, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, and God forbid, Jeff Driscoll have to complete a pass to a receiver. And who's it going to be outside of Brandon Cooks? And I'll say this. We are very big on Nico Collins. He got better in his route running because of the time he took off from the last time he actually played collegiate football to his pro day or, you know, the T-shirt Olympics. He got better, but as high as we are on him, he's going to have to now get you use the route running ability that he got better at against NFL pro DBs that they do this. So, I, he, you know, he may have a, a period this rookie year where he's still trying to figure out how to win at the NFL level. That's going to be difficult. Who's going to be your next two, three receiver on this depth chart. That's a very huge question. Sorry for being so long-winded. Winded. That's a very important question that Houston has to answer. It's a very important question, but I don't think it's too complex as you making it seem, John, because, yes, Brandon Cooks is the team's number one receiver. But after that, I think it's going to be Chris Conley. And to me... Conley is going to be used as a placeholder, someone who is going to be, yes, he's going to be the team's number two receiver as of right now, but at some point throughout this season, expect to see Nico Collins step in and be the team's number two receiver. Yes, I get it. He's a rookie. He did not play college football last season. John, you just finished talking about how he took last season off to improve on his ability as a route runner. And not only as a route runner, he improved his ability as a receiver in general. But he has something that most of the receivers on this roster for this upcoming year do not have, and that's size. Nico Collins is the Texans' biggest receiver standing at 6'4". The one that comes the closest, well, the two that comes the closest is Isaiah Coulter and Chris Conley. I just mentioned that Chris Conley is going to be a placeholder for Nico Collins. And as for Isaiah Coulter, I would not be surprised if he ends up being the "Quote unquote," Buddy Howell version for the Texans in the wide receiver core right, because you know, make I, the practice squad, keep him around, exactly. Bring him up, make the practice squad, keep him around. Bring, yeah, you know. And that's no disrespect to Isaiah Coulter, but that is just the reality of the situation. Unfortunate for him. Now the next question becomes: Who is going to fill in as the 
Texans number three receiver. I think it's going to be somewhat of a toss up between Randall Cobb and Kiki Cutie. And I'm looking at two guys who can actually share the responsibility as the Texans slot receiver. And when I take a look at Randall Cobb, I think he's going to turn into what I'm expecting Mark Ingram to be a guy that you only use him in the red zone because just like Ingram, Randall Cobb has been known to be a red zone threat throughout his career. Plus, if you pair Cobb alongside a Chris Conley and a Brandon Cooks, that puts him in a position where he could be more comfortable as the team primary slot receiver. Because when you go back and take a look at Cobb's first half of the season, he led all receivers in touchdowns and the majority of that came in the red zone. As for Kiki QT, this is a golden opportunity, and I believe we talked about this a couple weeks ago on whether or not QT is going to be able to continue his career, not only with the Texans, but just in the NFL in general, because he is entering a contract year. He is also in a position where he has not done enough throughout his career that will give not only the Texans, but any team in this league the confidence to sign him to a long-term contract. It's going to be extremely important for when training camp start for QT to move up ahead of Randall Cobb in the depth chart because if Randall Cobb get playing time or not here in the city of Houston, one, first and foremost, I think Cobb and Brandon Cooks will be on the move as we get closer to the trade deadline. I think Nick Casario will flip one of those players, if not both of those players, for an asset that he could actually use in hey, order to help. Harry just requested a trade from New England. Exactly. Hey, you know, and you hey, know how that much should not happen. The Texans should not I you know I hate to you know stop the show but I'm not stopping the show but the Texans should not reach out for Nikhil Harry. But but if they do John it's not a good idea. I, it's not a good idea. But is he and I think he is is he a better fit for this Texan team? No, because I mean, okay, what what he can do is what you drafted Nico Collins to do and even more. But here's what the- he can do is what Chris Conley can do and even more. Like I've watched Nikhil Harry in the league and you know, injury and, and the team up and down, but he didn't produce in the situation where you play with Tom Brady. You know, he also had injuries and then Cam Newton and, and that team last year was that was such an up and down year, but he's going to be coming to a worse situation for Houston. It doesn't make sense at all. Please do not think about Nikhil Harry changing uniforms and switching out from for one red, white, and blue to the next. Should not be a Houston Texan. There's no way around it. But, John, here's the flip side to that argument. Harry is only 23 years old, and that will put the Texans in a position where you can have not one, but two dynamic receivers who can actually develop together, and that's something that they never had. They tried it, especially with the Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, but Will Fuller was never healthy, and that's part of the reason why the Texans are in this position where they are in today. Harry, you bring him to Houston, I think it would be a better fit here in Houston because he's young, he's dynamic, Nico Collins is young, dynamic, and then he has an opportunity to establish a relationship, chemistry, camaraderie with a young quarterback in Davis Mills. I think he would be a great fit. But to go back to the receivers that the Houston Texans have today, but I think the big part of this Texans receiving core is going to come down on whether or not Nico Collins is ready to play on the NFL level. Yeah, to your Nikhil Harry point, started in nine games, appeared in 14. 309 yards, two touchdowns. 
I want to bring up Kiki QT's stats from last season. Kiki Q stats follows four games started, eight games appeared, 400 yards, three touchdowns. I'm telling you guys right now, the Texans should stay far away from Nikhil Harry. Um, but 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 QT was catching balls from a guy named Deshaun Watson, right? Right, and and, and who was yeah, Harry true. catching balls from? A a a guy who was, you know, he he's one of the best quarterbacks of the 2010s, but he ain't that quarterback anymore. I think his name is Cam Newton, correct? Hey, that, that's what? that's that's just a big difference. I just wanted to throw that out there. You're right, and, and you're right. Um, stay far away from the kill Harry, but get closer to Bill Bar. Non delicious flavors that they have to offer over at Bill Bar. My favorite, the peanut butter brownie. You also have the raspberry, the coconut almond. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. Well, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. The best thing about Bill Bar is not only they're the best flavor tasting, they're also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Go to billboard.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billboard.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what's the key for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals? We know that Giannis played in game one. They got to finish it out. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And as we close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, we know there are still a couple fans who are hoping and wishing that Deshaun Watson actually reunite with this team and continue his career here in the city of Houston. We don't think that is a possibility. However, for anyone who is looking for the smallest of hope, there might, might, might be a small chance because over the last couple of days, Deshaun Watson has been a little bit more active on social media. And for the very first time, he actually reposts a couple kids wearing his jersey. And John, that might be a little bit of hope because once Deshaun made it known that he was unhappy with his organization, he was ready to move on, he erased everything nearly everything regarding him and the houston texans yeah so right now we got a post of two kids rocking some deshaun watson apparel that was liked on social media we also have another like post of deshaun watson liking some lefties is is his sandwich shop off of kirby across the street from the nrg he liked that post as well to be completely honest with you I'm not one of those guys who feeds into post likes. <laughs> you know this. I'm not either. You know this. And like, you know, I, I I think it's cool that we follow the athletes like this, but let's not try to put too much in it. Now, it would be, you know, I, Deshaun Watson on this roster could be much better than Deshaun Watson on last year's roster. Well, it's just scary, by the way. You know? And then I believe this roster doesn't win only four games. I think this roster wins more than four games uh, with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. But if that happens, that's actually amazing. That's great. But do we think that's going to actually happen? I don't. 
I don't. Uh, I think it's um, I think what he's doing is just nice gestures. You know, two kids rocking my rocking my name. You know, I dreamed of days like this. I can like that picture on Twitter. You're supporting my business good because I'm sure that a lot of people may not be supporting my business or whatever the case is with that situation because of the legalities of everything. But other than that, man, I'm just liking the picture. That's it. We're just bringing you the Locked On Texans podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy as well with two Y's at the end. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.